Colossians 2 5. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. and welcome back to another episode of Maya Moments. I'm here today with a very incredible woman of God. Um, she's being used in so many different ways and it's just a blessing to be acquainted with her and to know her, um, Tiana Horsey. I'm so, I'm just so glad that you're here and that we were able to make this happen. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, because likewise. you're so busy. Um, so I am honored for you to be here. She is a singer and a, a worship leader, a songwriter. Um, and I, th- I just, I'm really excited to see how God continues to use you even past this time, um, like in the future. It's it's beautiful to see your wings start to soar even so early from, you know, you're, it's not like you're new to songwriting or singing and worship leading, but um, I think God has equipped you to have like a career that's going to, soar in a, a quick time and that's beautiful to see but anyway um how do I know Tiana I actually met Tiana we're both um uh Liberty graduates and I met her I think it was a biblical worldview class I can't remember I, it was either a bible class or a, a a biblical worldview class but anyway she sat next to me or I sat next to her we were sitting next to each other and she was just like hi how are you she's like like freshman year how you doing and I was like oh I'm fine great and we had exchange numbers and then I actually switched out of class so I really didn't see Tiana after that um because I didn't like that teacher and it didn't work in my (laughs) schedule so I was like gotta go um adrop week is a blessing but yeah and then I've been able I remember the next time I seen her I think she was on stage for the worship collective I was like wait a minute I know her wait a second she's on worship collective and it was just so beautiful to continue to see her um, worship throughout her time at Liberty. Um, and we're acquainted, you know, from mutual friends and stuff like that. But I'm just so glad that you're on and to have you on. Is there anything you like want to start out and say anything about? Gosh, Maya. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, you inspire me so much with just your drive, your talents just because you are an acting queen you speak like no other oh, you are you. not only that but you're just such an amazing person so um I'm seriously praying for your podcast thank you um, so much I love it I'm a fan so it's an honor to be on here and get to talk to you and just hang out so thank you for having me yeah of course wow thank you so much I appreciate that <laughs> Okay, so I think just going to your genesis, I always kind of ask people, where's the genesis? Where do you feel God started you at wherever you feel like God has creatively purposed you? So like, where do you see the the beginnings of like maybe writing? Maybe it wasn't for singing. Maybe it was just writing. Or did you have a love for that? Or maybe just your heart for worship and singing, where did that start at the earliest parts of that you can remember from? Yeah. Okay. So what's crazy is I actually started as a musical theater junkie. So I um, have been, (laughs) I did musical theater since I was like seven years old, was in plays every season, all the time. It's all I did. Um, And I, Literally, you're like living my my like dream life right now. But um, (laughs) um, 
so I then went to a performing arts school from, from sixth grade to, it ended up being 11th grade, but it was from sixth to 12th grade, the school. And you have to audition to get in. And I was a drama major and a vocal major. And literally, like they asked wow. you, I still have it. And sixth grade, they like make you write this thing. And they're like, what do you want? What college do you want to go to? What do you do? And I literally wrote, I was like, I want to go to Juilliard and I want to be on Broadway. That's like all I wanted to do. Yes. Like <laughs> that was the goal. But I grew up in church, just never, I guess I never like used that as an outlet of like singing and stuff. I was just so involved with like musical theater and stuff. And then it wasn't until, um, it's crazy. In my freshman year of high school at the performing arts school, I had to take a music theory class and was like, oh, I hate this. If I have to do this, I want no parts of musical theater. <laughs> it's it's true. <laughs> I was like, I want no parts. And I started to really find myself kind of disconnecting from like singing in general, because I just was like, if this is my gateway to being able to sing, I just have no desire. And then my sophomore year, um, I got introduced to worship leading and um, it's also part of my testimony, but I was like being a musical theater person and being like in plays and stuff. I'm used to like a script, everything, whenever you step out on the stage, you already know what you're supposed to say. You already know what you're supposed to sing. And I was like, guys, like this is kind of awkward. No. And I remember, um, one of my mentors, he was like, he's my mentor. Now, when I first met him, he was like, just imagine like, you're just looking at the face of Jesus as you sing and as you lead. And mm, the Lord good. dropped on my heart. He was like, it was like, but I would be no different because you don't really know me like that. So I was like, okay, wow. even if the face of Jesus is in front of me, it would be just like any person in this crowd because I don't know him. And ever since then, I've just been walking with the Lord in everything I do, every worship event I do. I always literally think of like the face of Jesus in front of me, before me. and. Yeah, that's like, that's how I started like leading worship. And then now I'm here. Wow. I think, I think for someone that grew up in church, um, that, that I, you, for a lot of people that grow up in church is what I'm saying. I don't necessarily hear that not being the case, you know, like you grow up in this environment and the truth is you really think that, you know, God, you really think that, you know, Jesus, like you really think that it's personal for you until you're taken out of that environment. And then it's like, okay, I don't get it. (laughs) And so I think that when you got that word, that was probably God's, you know, introducing himself to you for the first time. That's just beautiful. Wow. Okay. Um, so I think that kind of answers the question as well. Like how did your relationship with God begin even because, you know, that's kind of where the spark would happen. Would you say for you? Yes, 100%. I was like, and I remember being in my drama classes and just like having my headphones and listening to like worship music so loud. And like, wow. I would just literally listen to that nonstop. Cause I'm like, not only am I like just figuring out worship, but like even figuring out like what my posture should be learning from like icons, like Kim Walker, Stephanie Gretzinger, like just watching these women. And like, my teacher's like, Hey, Hey, hello, Tiana. And I'm like, Oh, sorry. Here, I'm back. Yeah. (laughs) You were being equipped even at that time for where you are now. And I think for a lot of people, when you're not obedient and you're not listening to the wisdom that 
you're like, oh, it didn't, it didn't work. It didn't. Ha- I don't have to do that right now. I'll do that like in ten years and stuff. You, you either stunt your growth because you're gonna have to go through some maturing and yeah. um, maturation comes through you listen to the wisdom of God sometimes or God having to force it. Um, I'd much rather God, you just tell me what to do and I'm obedient. (laughs) Something have to happen and it have to alter um, everything. Okay. So uh, now that you know God for yourself and everything, who gets a liberty, which I'm sure is a whole ordeal in itself. Um, So how did you get a part of like, you said Juilliard, but like you went to Liberty University. So like bridge that gap. Yes. What happened there? Oh. Was Liberty where you wanted to go or? Okay. Yeah. So um, as I like got older, I started to get, I, I think the whole music theory thing really just turned me off from musical theater. And as a whole, I was like, I, no, I can't do this. <laughs> Um, but I, I still did plays here and then, but I actually started playing softball, um, my seventh grade and like fell in love with it, started doing that. That was like my all day, everyday thing kind of, um, and I was still at the, the performing arts school. So I was still like doing plays here and then, but like more so like training for softball was really what I was doing. So once I, I was a senior in high school, I was on the varsity team uh, North Carolina A&T, I was looking, I was going to go there and play softball. That was like the plan really for a very right, long time. Okay. And my mom, it's crazy. My mom, my sophomore year, she was like, you should look into Liberty university. And I was like, there's actually no way I'm going to a Christian college. You cannot like, no. And she's like, just look at it. Just look at it. So fast forward to my, my senior year. I'm like, all right, let me just look at the school, see what they have. And that's when I was really like leading worship with my church and stuff. Um, And I got to go on their website and I saw that they have a worship team. Back then it was like seven or eight different worship teams and you audition for one of them or whatever. So I was like, all right, well, they say they do the auditions. um, And not only that, it's so bizarre. So I was like, okay, they have these auditions, whatever. Leave it alone. I, it's crazy. My life is insane. I moved to Cape Cod, Massachusetts, Love my that. junior year of high school and had a friend that was still at cab at my performing arts school in Delaware. Um, and randomly, so random, I had never talked about Liberty or anything. This is my junior year. She sends me a Snapchat and she's like, Tiana, you have to look into this school. And I'm like, what school is it? And she's like, Liberty University. I was like, oh, Lord, God, no, no. (laughs) Like, I already knew what the heck he was doing. I was like, no. So I tell my mom or whatever. And so she's like, they have Seafall, like you should go. So um, my senior year, I end up going to Seafall in September of 2016. And I auditioned for the worship team, not expecting much out of it. I go fall in love with it. Not only that, but I met Philip at that Seafall. We so met you met at, Philip at Seafall at Liberty. Yes, wow. Yes. So I met him September of 2016 at Collective Auditions. And I fell in love with the school. My mom was like, it was crazy because she had told me, she, I like went and did my own thing. And she had ended up going to one of their like financial classes for parents or whatever. Right. And she told me that like she left and was like in tears because my mom's a single mom. She was kind of just like, I can't do this. Like, I will not be able to do this. And she's in love with this school. Um, And 
I was like, I, I mean, I would love to go here, but I have a 2.9 GPA and the average is like a 3.5. So I don't know how that's going to happen. Um, yeah. But the Lord obviously had a different plan. And I remember literally like I applied and I was like this, Philip and I, we were talking like as friends right at this time. And I was like, I'm just going to apply. Like if I'm supposed to be somewhere, the Lord will ha- make it happen. Like if I'm yeah. supposed to be there, he will provide, he will I don't need any type of credentials. Nothing will stand in the way of what he wants me to do. And so I ended up getting accepted and they gave me a lot more money than for being on the worship team than North Carolina did for the softball team. So I was like, Ooh, yeah, let's go to Liberty. Um, wow. And it helped that Phil was, Phil was going to go there too. So that probably yeah, helped a lot. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a little push, a little push. Um, but yeah, so that's that like whole story kind of. Wow. Coincidentally, yeah. I actually went to Seafall. So like similarly, yeah, I, I probably have never even told anybody this. I actually auditioned for the collective during my Seafall. Um, yeah, I wish I auditioned really? for the collective during yeah. my Seafall before I got to Liberty. Um, and yeah, it didn't come, nothing came of it. Um, I kind of just wanted to do it to get out of my comfort zone. And I knew that I wanted to go to Liberty from, from when I got there, I knew that I wanted to do theater. Um, so I was just trying to like audition, dibble and dabble. There wasn't really much to do for theater department when you're a sea faller. Um, and yeah, I got to meet Liberty um who was a part of the collective at that time and yes. um I forget the gentleman's name who was over the I think he was over everything at that Lewis. point mm-hmm. I think or so Matthew or Matt <clears throat> Lewis or Matt yeah yeah it was it was I, I can't remember his name but he played the um he the accompaniment on the piano and yeah it was really oh, yeah. it was really it, it felt really good to just be at liberty during CFA I don't think people talk enough about seafall when you're a seafaller it's a very different experience <laughs> well okay this is the thing this is how they get you because no other school does, does college for weekends no, so as don't. a high schooler mm-hmm. i could literally go mm-hmm. to the worst school in the world and if yep. i get to be there for three days i'm in love in love that's how they, that's how they, they get, get you, you. That's how i'm they telling you the amenities <laughs> They be kidding you. They be like, look, 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 I'm gonna reel you in. Um, Phil, Phil and I, we used to be like, oh my gosh, it's Seafall. We have to go to the Rock. Like, it's the best really? food it, that they make. Always. Seafall is a totally different perspective when you're actually a student at Liberty. Like, oh, Seafall, okay, well, the food's gonna be good this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but, anyways, Literally. okay, so you get there, you're a part of collective now. Is this when your desire for writing happens? And then, like, how long were you on the team? Like, what happens once you're on the collective at Liberty? Yeah. So, actually, I hated songwriting until about two years ago, two, three years ago. I (laughs) think it was two years ago. That really is. It's bizarre. So, I really didn't like songwriting, didn't do anything with it. I would try every once in a while, and I'm like, this is. So weird I this song is so corny that I've written like no um but when I first got on the collective uh they had this thing called the mentorship program where you're pretty much like mentored by an older person on the team and my person was this girl Mary Callie and they just kind of like you know you get to meet with them every once in a while you're not leading so you're just kind of watching which is I think so important for just 
a 17, 18 year old student uh, coming from a small yeah. town or something where they were the best thing. And now they're exactly. surrounded by <laughs> thousands of people. Um, and so I just got to like sit under leadership and um, like chill, but I didn't start songwriting until, until I think like, when was it? Until like my senior year of college, really. So wow. like the beginning of senior year, end of junior year. That's crazy. Okay, so I think um, people don't know this if they don't go to Liberty. This is kind of Liberty culture. And we're talking about Liberty because we kind of have to. But yeah. so when you are a part of the collective, you're very visible. You're traveling. You're a part of the worship team. And if you're going to a Christian school, of course, the worship team is going to become a part of like, you know, the celebrities on school. Kind of. They can become that type of thing. So you became someone of influence, whether intentionally or unintentionally, just because you're really visible. And then you start becoming a little bit more vocal about social justice issues, which if you know our school, it's conservative. So like, what was that experience like? Because I know for <sighs> even me, I protested at Liberty. Um, So we didn't have the best <laughs> response and that was a lot of hoop and bounds, but the culture there being someone of, from me, I always said being from California and NorCal, I had a very different culture, a very different perception of what Christianity looked like and, and what a yeah. Christian did and, and how they conducted themselves. And so it was culture shock um, to know that people had a difference of that, especially when it came to like, being black or being a woman in these leadership positions and what that meant, or even like racism and different political things. Like how did your experience about social justice feel for you at that time? And what did that look like? Man, Maya. Okay. So before let's preface before I like went to Liberty, I had no idea what Liberty was. So like, I didn't know Same. that it was a, Christian conservative school. I didn't know who Jerry Falwell was. They were like, you don't know who Jer I'm like, I don't know who that is. I knew nope. none of this stuff. Nope. So my I'm very glad you said first, that because I didn't either. <laughs> I knew I didn't know what a conservative meant. I was like, conservative? Oh, conservative. Okay. What does that mean? I'm, okay. okay. And I'm from Delaware. Literally, hashtag Joe Biden, how home freaking. <laughs> like I'm I'm so over there. I'm in the north. Like we are so I don't know. So I knew none of this. My first convocation, I'm sitting there and Tommy Lauren walks up on stage. I have no idea who this woman is. I'm like, oh, okay, she's cute or whatever. I've heard like, she's kind of crazy, but I'm like, oh, whatever. She starts <laughs> screaming about building walls and stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And everyone's clapping. And I actually remember I like got up and like went to the bathroom and sobbed. And I called my mom and was like, mom, where am I? And I remember my mom being like, just like as a mom, she's like, they're paying for your school. Just get the degree and you'll be Come out of on. there. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just like that. But that was like the beginning. And I remember like, I was very like in the beginning, super, super mind my business. Don't talk about it. We'd be in vans headed to like places and they'd get in like with the collective and they'd get into like heated conversations, not saying anything disrespectful, but just what their opinions are. And I remember literally sweating because I'm like, I highly doubt that anyone in this band agrees with what I agree with. 
Um, yeah, and, and that's, the, that's the thing. You don't know where yes. to fit in uh, in Girl. certain conversations because it gets to the extreme where if you do have a different belief, it's almost looked at as you're not a Christian. <laughs> like, yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. So I just, um, I would just say to myself, mind my business, you know, just kind of, especially, um, I actually just put out a, um, on, oh my gosh, what is it? You version. We just put out a devotional called Trailblazing Women and oh I'm day gosh. five and I actually like talk about it a little bit. Um, but, um, yeah, so I was just so like, let me just mind my business, especially being in, in leadership. It's so easy for me to not be affected by it. Like a lot of people will ask me even today, they're like, oh, like, how was your experience at Liberty? I'm like, I loved it. I would never let my kids go though. Like I had a great, yep, there it is. I, um, <laughs> I had a great experience, but I would never allow my kids to go there just because I had something that they wanted pretty much in a sense. And so, um, not until my junior year when the whole like George Floyd thing happened over the summer, um, there was just so, I think that really was like the tipping point for like our student body really. Cause I think we saw a lot of it at the top and we started to hear like the opinions of like our peers and like what they think. And I was like, I was like, uh, okay, you know, I'll repost a little something, but not too much because I don't feel like, and the Lord was really just like, Tiana, like if they are willing to hear your voice sing every week, three times a week, they should be willing to hear your voice speak and what you believe. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? You're so right. And not only that, but like, even if it's not affecting me right now, this is going to affect me eventually, whether it's me or with my children, like my children are going to be black also. So I just was like, no, no longer am I just going to sit and allow people to just blare out whatever they want, not thinking about the fact that I am a black woman. I am, I am a Democrat. So like, don't just say whatever you want to say and think it doesn't offend me or I have a a different opinion. Um, And so so yeah, so I just, I got to actually like that summer, I pretty much told like my boss and stuff, like, I like will leave if we don't figure this out. Like I won't stand for it. And I got to have like great conversations with Pastor David and like, even like huge shout outs to like, to Jamila, Doreen, like those women were having the conversations that no one else was willing to have. You, Maya, like Cam, all of like, all of y'all were just having like serious, like Thank having you. serious conversations. <laughs> Whether it was whether it was having meetings with like the student council or if it was in your DMs, actually like you know what I mean, see things that we don't even get to see, like you standing up for what we we believe in and what we deserve. Um, and so I got to have like great conversations with Pastor David, and he's amazing. He was we they we yeah. like got to put some stuff yeah. into like you know it was great. Um, but my senior year was like. I had, I don't think I went a day without having a conversation with someone. I was like, y'all come on. Like, like I was having conversations with like students, with my peers, with people 24 seven, just because I was like, and I'm look, you're going to hear what I have to say. And it's going to be intelligent. It's not going to be ratchet. It's not going to be a mess. I have my stuff. I have my stuff in line. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, so it was really just, which I'm so grateful I went because I think it grew me in a way that I needed to be grown. And like, it just taught me like, really like how to stand in what I believe 
And when there's a whole bunch of, which is crazy because when I moved, when I went to Liberty, I was like, oh yes, like now, cause I went to public school my whole life. So I'm like, yeah. now I can be around Christians who understand. <laughs> Girl, that was literally no. like, I'm like, it, this no. is where you're, what you believe is like tested. And this is where you become Absolutely. the strongest. And it goes without saying that there was, there has been, like I have friends, I've been friends with people who came to Liberty thinking the same thing. And they actually walked away from the faith because it was just too overbearing for them to feel like um, this is what Christianity looked like. And for me, that was, that's the tipping part, tip point, you know, like there's no one that should be leaving from the faith due to the fact that they're around Christians and they feel like this is so antithetical to what Christ is about that they feel like they have to leave faith altogether. And so because of that, it just came with a lot of, there was a lot of conversations. My, my first two, three years there were filled with constant conversations about every and anything. And, um, I'm grateful for them. I'm glad you had those in the beginning because girl, I was, I was ducking. I was ducking. I will say I was ducking in the theater department. Um, I didn't want to be, there's so few black people in the theater department. And so I just didn't want to be that girl, if that makes sense. I didn't want to be the girl that's constantly talking about social issues. But because of who I am outside of the department, there's no ways you can't merge those two identities into one. Um, and so I was known in the theater department to talk about things about race. It just inevitably happened because that's who I am. And so I got those opportunities to speak about things in the department. And I think that, yeah, during the George Floyd time, there was a shift, not only from, you know, the upper and our peers, but it was just like, you. it was almost like a spiritual shift that happened as well. Oh, that yeah. People felt they had to be accountable. This moment required more than bare minimum. And it was a time of like, you either are on this side or you're in this side. There is no in between. And so um, I was grateful that I was able to be on campus during that time because there were so many people who went to Liberty and they didn't get to see kind of the fruits of all those labors happen. Um, But it's it's never going to be perfect. Every campus has its thing, um, Christian or unchristian. You're going to, there's going to be racism and, and issues on campus, but we were trying to figure out the ones that were on ours and be accountable for that. Okay. So that happens. I also kind of want to touch on the fact that when you got your degree, you did not get a songwriting degree or, (laughs) you know, we do have a wonderful music department at Liberty and you were a part of it, whether you got your degree through it or not. But why did you choose criminal psychology for your degree? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how does that work? Like, did you have expectations of being an artist? And being in the CCM gospel world before, like, did you, is that your vision? Is your vision coming to pass or no? Well, I have, I feel like I'm the freaking like storyteller today. I'm like, okay, so back then. No, so um, <laughs> uh, when I was, I don't remember how old I was, but it's, it's actually the funniest story ever. So I used, I had loved this TV show called American Horror Story. And (laughs) my favorite season is season two and it's Asylum. And there is a psychiatrist on there and I loved his character. I was like, whatever that man does, he was actually crazy. He was, y'all, I don't want to be, he was a killer. He was a kidnapper. He did all that. It was crazy. 
But what he was doing was he was the person that prescribed medication to all of the people right, in the insane right. asylum. And I was like, I want to do that. Not only that, but I loved watching like serial killer interviews. My like ultimate goal was to have a conversation with a serial killer. I was like, I just want to hear. Yeah, it's crazy. I like would love to sit and just pick the brain of a serial killer. And I was like, so I always knew I would do something. So I actually started at Liberty as a biopsych major because I wanted to become a psychiatrist. I wanted to do that. And then I was like, "Mm, 12 years, nah, no thanks. 12 years? Oh, no. Yeah, I'd have to be like, I'd be a doctor. Like, no, not worth it. So, I mean, it is worth it to all the psychiatrists out there. (laughs) Y'all do that. Y'all got that. Not for me, though. Um, And so then I was like, I just became undecided for a little bit. And then something in me was like, take a criminal justice class. Like, just take a class, see how it goes. And I was like, wait, because what I was going to do is become a psychiatrist for criminals. And I was like, why don't I just do criminal psychology? Loved it. I loved it so much. So like, I've always had a passion for like, just criminals and even just second chances and just being that person that gives them the dignity and stuff like that. Um, But I also have such a passion for worship leading. And people would always be like, well, you can go lead worship in prison, which is fun. I've done it. It's great. But I'm like, I want to be on like the ground with them. When those worship right. leaders leave, I want to be there. Um, but just with, I, I found even as I like got out of college and stuff, I got to actually talk to a counselor at a male prison. Um, and she just was explaining to me just how like the system is just very intense and like how sometimes they have to be guards just because of COVID. Like everything has like they, their staff is very, very low. And even like with the times they have to come in and I was just like, you know, if I have like this gift that will financially sustain me, I can always like volunteer and go into the prisons when I want to go into the prison. You know what I mean? And like be that person for them. So eventually I will be definitely like volunteering when I I can't wait till I'm like 60 and I'm like that mom that's in the prison. Like (laughs) that will 100% be me. I like no doubt about it. Um, so yeah, so it is weird. It's it's so weird. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I literally got a degree and like, I'm not even using it, but I would not have traded it for the world. Like I had such a good time my four years and yeah, it was great. I think, um, I had to come to terms even as a person for myself that I can't allow myself to be boxed in. And so Mm. I think even with you getting your degree in criminal psychology, people not understanding, maybe people even questioning, like, why would you, why would you do that? Like, you know, you have this passion, this gift. I think God works all things together yeah, according to his word. And he he has a way of like, these are things that have to happen in order for us to be able to get to the goal. And so um, I have a theater degree, but I'm in the social media marketing world right now. And why, why is that relevant? Why does that make sense? I have, I have a, I have a theory that is going to make sense. I might not understand it now, but by and by it will. So I just, I think you are exactly where you're supposed to be. And it'll make sense even at that point that like, maybe it doesn't start out as you being a counselor for the whole prison, but maybe you're just going once a month, twice a month, maybe once a week to see one person and speaking to their life. Um, but that's beautiful. I think, uh, 
especially for criminal justice and restorative justice, which you kind of mentioned, like here in the States, we don't really have restorative um, justice measures. We have a lot of punitive, like someone's going to get punished for this crime. And so I've always had that kind of heart though too as well. I, I used to watch, I don't know if you ever heard of this show, but it's a show that has, it's like called Locked Up on like CNN yes. and stuff. I used to constantly yes. watch that with my dad. I was always interested in like, just like jail life. I don't know. He sounds weird, but I was always interested <laughs> in like, what are they doing in there? And like, how are people treating them? And um, I've just never been the person to think because someone, no one is the grand total of their, you know, one mistake that they made or the multiple yeah, mistakes Yeah, and that they made. even is like, that's 100% the gospel at that. Like, it would yeah. be foolish of me <laughs> to be like, that person did, no matter what it was, it could have yeah. been the worst thing you could think of. If the Lord forgave him or her, yeah. I forgive him or her. Yeah. And the reality yeah. is like, people, like the Lord can redeem anyone and anyone. anything. And for so, any reason, <laughs> for any reason. And so um, it's like, why is that person? And even if they are in prison, no matter what, they still deserve dignity because they're a human. And yeah. so I've just, I've always been such a big person on that. And so I'm like, I would love to be involved in like, even Mav right now is like, they're doing like a prison album. And like, we got to go into a prison and like lead and stuff. Wow. And yeah. So like that, the whole like, tour and stuff they're doing like songs and it, it's so cool but it's just like they deserve as many second chances as we do out here I lie I do things every day I sin and I'm I'm forgiven every single day yeah. and they should the exact same they and I'm not saying there shouldn't be justice no nope. there's definitely there's a consequence but we have to like forgive you know yeah. and so That's yeah good okay yeah. so you didn't like songwriting, but now you're in this world. How do you, how, are, what makes you excited about songwriting now to like piggyback off that? Like, uh, what are you excited about it now? And how does that, um, I think that kind of goes into the the next question, just being like, what does being creatively purposed mean to you? Like, how do you yeah. feel about that statement? And what does it mean to Tiana when you're talking about creatively purposed? Yes. Um, songwriting I yeah so so seeing junior year senior year I started to like fall in love with it my favorite part of it is like is really the final product getting to see something start from like a concept to it being an entire song that I can like listen to that blows my mind every single time I write a song I'm like y'all we really just like wrote this from like something I written wrote in my notes it's bizarre um I still go into rights to this day and I'm like, I can't write a song. Like, it's like trippy to think about. Like I can like actually put words together in melodies. I'm like, Lord, please. But that's how I know. That's how I know that I'm still humble because I'm like, Lord, if you don't do this, I'll be sitting here looking like. <laughs> that's good. Um, <laughs> that's how I, that's literally with worship leading with songwriting. I'm like, if I'm not nervous, there's a problem because then that means that I can, I think I can do it on my own. So I'm That's like, good. that is my, that someone, I forget who told me that, but I thought I have rode with it for forever. Um, but even, did you say creatively purposed? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Phrase creatively purposed. Like, what would you say that means to you? Yeah. I, the first thing I thought of, which is something that I, um, like I always say is like, 
collabing with Jesus, really. And like, that is like my thing. Every, every time I walk on a stage, I'm like, we're like collabing right now, really. Um, It's like an ebb and flow kind of like, I always have to like be repeating in my brain, like, Lord, please give me the things to say. Please give me the things to write on this page. Please give me the things to like sing out whatever you want. And I've found that every time I do that, he shows up and like shows out. And that has, that has really just been like creatively purposed is like, you are doing something that you love to do that is creative. That is, you know, you, it's like a, I don't know, like a deposit or something that you're giving out, but the Lord is also going through that with you. Um, yeah. And you, you rely on him to do it with excellence in a sense. And so that, yeah, that's, that's what I think of. Yeah. I, I love that. Especially the excellence. I think for myself, I'm an extra person. I'm just extra in real life. So when I'm doing like things, whatever I'm doing, like a lot of times I'm people are like, you don't have to do all of that. And I'm like, no, I know this is doing something in excellence. Like I, I don't have yeah. to do certain things, but I'm doing it because I know me going an extra mile is just me showing God that I'm trying, I'm doing my part and I know that he'll do yeah. his part, but I'm doing my part. I can't just sit on my hands and say, Lord, make it happen. Like I got to be doing my part to make sure that it, I'm not. I'm partnering, I'm collabing with him. And collaboration doesn't mean that you don't do anything. It means that you're a part yeah. of the process. And so, yeah, that's really good. I love collaboration. Collaboration makes me so happy. Even though I'm kind of an ambivert, um, like <laughs> I'm social, but then I'm like not social. Then I, I'm social, but I really don't like people, but I love people, but I don't really like people. <laughs> so I love collaboration Man, though. There's an in-between for everything. Don't yeah, worry. Exactly. Like I love people, but then, you know, people are people. So, okay. So I think closing out though, what point of advice would you maybe want to sow a seed into someone else who maybe is trying to get into song, maybe songwriting, maybe they're trying to get into um, maybe worship leading, or maybe just they feel it on their heart. They don't know where to start. They don't know where to go. Like what, what just seed would you sow into them for them to know that maybe you should go this way or just some advice that you would want to give to them? Yeah. Well, there's like so many things. I think even like as going into like adulthood and stuff, the first thing as a whole in general, literally go with the wave, go with the wave of every day, take it day by day. Like I, so many times in the past, like how long have I been out of college? Six months have been like, where am I going to be in five years? That is none of, that's none of our concern. Like literally take it day by day, whatever you think is best for you right now, go with that and go to the Lord with it all. Um, even like with songwriting, I say like, if you haven't co-written, if you haven't written with another person yet, do it. It will either like bring you closer to like loving it or it'll make you like hate it. But that's always like that co-writing is like when you are bringing your ideas with someone else. And not only has co-writing helped my Co-writing is what made me fall in love with writing, really. Like yeah. that is what helped me to even begin to write by myself. And not only did it help my writing, but it helped me as a human to be able to allow others to be leaders. I'm an eight on the Enneagram. So when I started co- um, co-writing, I was like, 
hold on, because I have every idea that you'd ever need. And the Lord was like, no, you don't, because sis over there, she has a great idea, actually. So let her talk. Um, And it just helped me as a human just, like, be able to be, like, humble and, like, let other leaders have their moments and have their time. Um, And just be aware of his presence. Like, be extremely sensitive to the spirit of Jesus, spirit of God. Like, really take every opportunity to him. When you're on stage, he's with you. So ask him in every moment, like what he wants you to do. Like just be super, super sensitive and aware of his presence. Because then when you make decisions, when you do things, you've already had it backed up by him and you don't need anyone else to back it up. That's that's even in a yes and that's in a no. In your no's, you already have him backing you up. In your yeses, you have his response backing you up. So that's good. I think those are my, that's my little bit of advice. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm so excited for all that you're doing, um, all that you've been a part of. Thank you so much for gracing us here. And I have a feeling this won't be the last time you're on the podcast. Oh my gosh. So, um, this is so yeah. much fun, Maya. Oh, thank you. Thank yes. you so much of for course. having me. It's, I literally, I'm like, I could talk with you all day. I'm like, so oh. <laughs> Yes, yes. I love that. I could talk with you all day. That's the whole point. Like, I really love having conversations with people. And I like talking to people just like, in my free time. So the podcast is really great. Oh, thanks. Don't say that. Don't say that. (laughs) But yeah, and um, congratulations on your nuptials and you getting married soon. We are praying for just an abundant and incredible marriage for you and Phil and I know that you guys would just be blessed even that much more because of it um you can follow Tiana on Instagram um at Tiana Horsey it might be changing soon for all we know (laughs) it's gonna probably change soon but right now it's Tiana Horsey (laughs) (laughs) oh I love that I love that and um if this if this airs after May 12th it's Tiana Bowles underscore. Oh, she already got the name. We, <laughs> you know, I had to make sure. Check, see. I'm actually psychotic. You're Don't ready. mind me at all. No, no, no. I love that. I love that. Mm, that's good. That's good. So she's telling you to prepare. If you want something, you better prepare for it. Come on, somebody. Prepare. Okay. But thank you so much for being a part of this. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye, guys.